G'day guys, welcome to this episode, what's going on? What is going on? I've, I've um, had way too much coffee today, so <laughs> I thought I would get on here and make an episode today to chat to you about my weekend and how it went in Shepparton, right? So, I might have mentioned this in, I think, one of the more recent Walking with Pete episodes, but I'm not sure if I mentioned it more recently uh, than that. But I was contracted to do a workshop, or actually two workshops, in Shepparton starting yesterday. That was the first one on the 10th of May. And there's another one on the 24th of May in Shepparton. So, obviously, if any of you guys are from Shepparton and you're trying to improve your English, come along to the one on the 24th, which will be at the St. Paul's African House. So, I thought I would make this episode and tell you about what happened, how it went, my experience, as it was the first time I have ever done a work workshop, ever run a workshop, ever created a workshop. It was also the first time that I've ever taught um, well, a class of students, let alone a class of African students. And it was just a really interesting experience. So, I thought I would share that with you guys. So, yesterday. So, obviously, Kel's pregnant and she's like, Eight and she's almost nine months. In fact, I think two days. Yeah, Monday on Monday. It's Saturday today. On Monday, she'll be nine months pregnant, 36 weeks. So, the baby could be born at any time currently. So, when the guy from the Lutheran church there in Shepparton got in contact with me, Steve, big shout out to Steve. Thanks for inviting me up there. When he got in contact with me, I was like, yeah, I can do this, but um, we'll have to work out doing it before June because the baby's due and obviously uh, I don't want to, one, miss the birth and two, not be here for Kel if she needs a lot of help with a newborn baby. So, he sort of rushed about, got it all organized and we set the dates for in May. And so, yesterday I drove Kel to one of our friend's house, houses um, and she stayed there for the night because she wanted to be with someone who, if in the off chance she ended up um, going into labor and, you know, having to go to the hospital, she would have someone there to drive her to the hospital in Geelong. So, I drove her up to, where was that? Point Cook on the way through Melbourne. And then, I drove all the way up to Shepparton. So, it's about three hours and a bit from Ocean Grove. And then, it was a, it's a kind of cruisy drive all the way up from Melbourne to Shepparton. That's the Hume Freeway, which is, it's a, it's a nice road to drive on, but it was raining really heavily. So, that was interesting. The storms, I don't know if you guys are in Victoria, but you may have noticed there's been a lot of rain and wind and storms the last few days. And when I was driving up there, there was tons of rain. It was bucketing down. It was raining cats and dogs. Um, <laughs> the heavens were opening up and there was just water everywhere. So, it was a little nerve-wracking at times because we had these big um, road trains or, I guess, big trucks on the road uh, passing or me passing them. And I always get nervous when I have to pass those huge trucks, especially when you're traveling incredibly quickly. I think at like 110 k's an hour and it's raining and it's nighttime. But yeah, got there safely, obviously. It was really, it was really beautiful, actually. Once I was maybe, I don't know, two thirds of the way there, the rain stopped, the clouds passed, and I could see the sun. The sky kind of opened up. 
and I could watch the sun set. So there were all these really beautiful um, farms nearby with crops, with animals, with livestock in the paddocks and lots of trees and everything with really long shadows because of sunset. So it was really nice. It was golden hour, right? Where the sun's low and the light goes gold. There's water everywhere, reflections. So it was really kind of cool driving in with, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes of that to enjoy before getting to Shepparton. Once I got to Shepparton, I sort of had to drive around a bit and then find where I was staying as um, Steve had organized a hotel or a motel for me, right? A hotel, I guess, is, I guess that's somewhere you can stay without a car, but a motel is where you can drive and park your car in front of the room that you're staying in. So, it was a motel, which was good. And I got set up there, chilled out for a bit, had a shower, you know, got changed, and then drove straight up to the St. Paul's African house, got ready. Um, It wasn't perfect. There was a bit of mucking about, a bit of trying to organize the PowerPoint show. So, it's one of those things, right? Anything that can go wrong usually does go wrong, where... We were trying to set up the PowerPoint uh, presentation that I've got. I had videos, I had slides, I had everything like that on there. And the cords seemed to be okay, but not for my model of Mac or Apple computer. So, I've got one of these newer models and the output uh, jacks that they have on the Apple computer are really inconvenient because they've changed it to a different kind. I had a certain dongle, which is the thing that you plug in to your laptop so that other things can then plug into the dongle, but none of the outputs on that fit any of the cords. So, I had to use (laughs) Steve's computer. He had a laptop there, except the screen on his laptop wasn't working. So, we had to kind of like plug it in and get it working Uh, and then load everything up because even though the screen on his computer wasn't working, the PowerPoint from the projector on the wall, you could see it once the cable was plugged into his computer. But the annoying thing was that all the videos that I had made for the slideshow and everything to show a bit of Australian culture, a bit of Australian greetings and swearing, a few of these things, slang, um, all those videos didn't work on his computer for whatever reason, I think they must have been in a certain style, a certain um, format that didn't work on his computer. So, that was annoying because I had to try and kind of use my computer to show them, but there was, you know, 20 or so Africans sitting around trying to look at one small computer screen with a whole bunch of Aussies and there were some Americans there as well trying to take part. But it was all good fun. It was all good fun. It didn't go to plan. It wasn't perfect. And to be honest, we didn't even get through halfway, I think, maybe maybe about halfway through the slides that I had um, made for the entire uh, workshop before the end of the night sort of came, came to- it came to a close. But it was good. It was funny. They had organised food for the Africans there as well, so that there was a bunch of Australian food, like meat pies with tomato sauce. Um, there was some cordial, which is like a sugary drink, right, with different flavours. And there were lamingtons. There are a few other things as well that I think I've forgotten. But that was good. It was interesting. Some of them liked it. Some of them weren't so fond of the Australian food, the Australian tucker. So, we sort of had a break in the middle and did that. I was teaching them some slang words. Uh, I got them in one activity to give themselves nicknames, 
So, they had to try and come up with nicknames. And some of them, I think the Sudanese um, girls there had massive names. I didn't realise how long the Sudanese names are for people. So, (laughs) that was crazy going around, meeting them all and them telling me their entire names. Some of them had like 10, 10 names in their full name. And I was like, how on earth do you remember this? This is crazy. So, yeah, it was really, really fun. It was really interesting. The thing that I guess sort of blew my mind was that they were all from Africa, but obviously they spoke completely different languages. So, there was a group that spoke um, Swahili. There was another group that spoke French from Congo. Um, There was another group that spoke another language uh, that I've forgotten from the top of my head. The Sudanese spoke another language as well. So, it, it sort of, you know, was a no-dar moment. Like, as soon as you think about it, you're like, oh, of course, they speak different languages. But usually, the stereotype, you know, I guess as an Australian, you kind of see a group of Africans hanging out together and you assume they're all from the same place and all speak the same language. But, yeah, it was really cool. And I got to practice some of my French. I was chatting to some of the guys from Congo. Um, one of them was a Christian minister. And he was really, really enthusiastic about learning uh, some of the slang and some of the expressions. But it was it was funny trying to get them to talk, right? They were very shy. They were very introverted. And I had to work hard to kind of try and get them to come out of their shells, to talk a bit more, to shout, to ask questions. But they did. They did in the end. It was good. Um, but yeah, it was really fun showing him that I had learned a little bit of French and you know, was interested in learning languages and could communicate with him in his native language. And he seemed to really um, lighten up, I guess, and relax as soon as he saw that, hey, this guy's trying to speak my native language and isn't very good, but he's still trying. So, I think it was a success. I think I might have made the workshop a little too advanced to begin with. And that was the hard thing for me. I didn't realise how much, uh, and Steve had kind of warned me about this, but I didn't realise how much variability there would be in the students who came. And it was interesting seeing the youngest students or the youngest Africans there who'd who'd, um, migrated with their parents to Australia. They spoke really, really well because they'd been going to school every day, you know, and they'd been here for a year, for two years, for three years. So, they were pretty effectively Australians, right? You know, well, they are Australians, but they were effectively speaking English like, just like Australian kids. And so, it was interesting how those guys were effectively natives. And then you had their parents who effectively spoke, you know, barely any words at all. They could say hello, they could say goodbye. And then there were some middle-aged people from the Congo who, some of them spoke a little bit of English. There was one guy who was really good, again, probably- if I can be um, so brash as to say, probably about my level in Portuguese, right? So, I've been spending a few years learning Portuguese. I consider myself pretty fluent now, but he was about the same level there. So, it was, long story short, it was an interesting exercise to try and be not too boring for the advanced students, but also not too advanced and too uh, difficult to understand for the beginning students. So, that was really hard to kind of juggle and to work out how to keep everyone involved and to keep everyone um, up to speed with what I was talking about. So, that was the sort of the exercise that I had to sort of, I don't know, how would you say get- I was flying by the seat of my pants. So, I was kind of improvising, but I think it was good fun. There were a lot of them laughing. There were a lot of them getting involved 
And it was really funny. There was one lady from Sudan who kept hitting on me. She kept flirting with me. So, <laughs> I really liked her. She had um, a bit of attitude. It was really funny. But afterwards, the Australians there who run the church were telling me she never talks. She never says anything. I've never seen her talk this much. So, I must have been doing something right to obviously get her to come out of her shell a little bit and use English and and relax and be much more expressive. So, yeah, I thought I would give you the update on how that went. I'm looking forward to doing the next one in two weeks. Who knows if I'll have a kid by then or not. See how it goes. But yeah, I thought I would keep you up to date, let you guys know about how that went, my experience. It was really good fun. Big thanks to St. Paul's African House and to Steve again for inviting me and getting me up to Shepparton. Looking forward to doing the second one. Unfortunately, there's no expression episode out this week, guys, because I've just been so busy working on this workshop and driving around. I'm about to head back up to Melbourne now. Uh, for a friend's going away party. He actually got a job at Google and has to move to Sydney. So, I have to go see him. A lot of miles on the road this weekend, but it was worth it. Hope you enjoy this episode, guys. There were quite a few expressions that I used in there. So, go back and see if you can hear how I used uh, come out of your shell and fly by the seat of your pants. Those kinds of expressions. They're good ones. And I'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.